Hello and welcome to the More Than Just Club.com podcast, brought to you by the Ronnie Dog Media Group. I'm your host Luke Lambert, and I'm delighted to be joined again this evening by James Jones. Good evening, James. Good evening. How are we? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, James is, of course, the editor in chief of Football Fancast, the creator of West Ham World, the co-host of the um, Deep Line podcast that you may listen to. You've got your fingers in a, a lot of pies at the moment, haven't you, James? Yeah, very, very busy, very busy. Yeah. Can't complain. So it's talking about football, so not too bad. Absolutely, always. So we, we, um, I just wanted to uh, start by asking you a little bit about uh, the West Ham World. We touched on it last time, but I understand you're trying to. Um, trying to uh, get the site gradually back to um, what it was in its um, heyday, trying to uh, relaunch it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've, um, it, it sort of, as my, my normal day-to-day job, sort of got a little bit, bit lot busier West End world, I had to take a bit of a back seat, but um, recently I've been trying to revive it, sort of, we're in, we're in the market for sort of, um, ahead of the summer and I think, I think the summer will probably be when we, we ramp it up a little bit more and you see West End world in your timeline and, um, a lot more content on that platform sort of as the transfer window ramps up and then into next season. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's heyday. It was a, it was one of the most popular sites out there. So the, the plan is to get it back, but we've got so much competition since it, since I kind of put it on the back seat. You know, there's so many great West Ham websites out there that um, we've got a little bit of competition now. So it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you on your, um, your radio show on Love Sport Radio on Monday night, uh, uh, you, you're talking about uh, a few fans that kind of uh, weren't happy with with um, Sunday's performance. Sunday's draw at Chelsea for me that was quite clever performance from West Ham. Um, that kind of soaking up the pressure, uh, almost waiting for an opportunity to get back into the game and and seizing it um, when they did. Did you think it was um, clever or perhaps a little bit fortunate? I think it was a bit of both. Um, David Moyes clearly set us up with that with a game plan. Um, he definitely had Hernandez in the, I think right twisted in it with 20 minutes to go I'm going to throw Hernandez on to see if he can get something yeah. um, the big the big the, the fortunate thing is that we were still in the game at that point um, I mean by that point I think Chelsea had two goals all off for, all out for offside um, very marginal offsides as well I mean you've seen them given yeah. so and you know they had plenty of chances we defended fantastically I thought Bonner and Rice were brilliant at the back um, so yeah I mean it, it was a mixture of being fortunate enough to be in that position to then get back in the game, but also a clever game plan to sort of try and keep Chelsea at bay for as long as possible. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an, an all round a, a really really good performance from us. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But but it could have been better uh, had had uh, Mark Ionatovic got his late penalty. It's it's one that you can un- kind of understand how it wasn't given, but then again, when you look at the replays, uh, it is it is a penalty. Did you did you feel that way? Yeah, I think it is a penalty. But as you said, I can see why the referee didn't give it, given his position and the way that Marco touches the ball, and it looks as though Kante's Kante's one like got there first. Yeah. The way that the ball, the direction of the ball's ball's going in. But um, I suppose it's a, it's another argument to bring the AR in, isn't it? But yeah, um, I mean they're, they're really marginal. I mean, as I said, I, I'm. I don't really like the, the term, but it, it, it does make sense in that these things cancel themselves out over the course of the game or over the course of the season. Um, and as I said, Chelsea had a couple of goals ruled out for offside. We had a penalty that should have been given that wasn't given. You know, So I think we can't feel too hard done by the fact that we get the penalty. I think it was a good point all, 
overall, we should respect that, respect the point, and and be happy with what we got. Yeah, absolutely. With the um, the Southampton result last weekend, obviously the three 0 win. I'm sure we will both agree, but tentatively, obviously that our stand pretty much safe now. No, no, no. no. We, we, I don't think we we can say that we're 100 percent safe. I think one more win will probably do it. Yeah. Um, but this is the Premier League. Anything can happen between now and the, uh, the middle of May. Um, there's a lot of clubs down there. It's still very, very tight. All it takes is for the likes of Newcastle to lose a couple of games and they're, they're straight back in it, you know, because everyone's saying that Newcastle are safe now. So yeah. um, it's not it's not a foregone conclusion. I think we, I said on the radio show the other night, it's probably going to take one more uh, one more win or three more points. So, um, But then we've still got to rely on the teams below us to continue dropping points for that, that win or those three points to really make a difference. Um, that's why now playing Stoke on Monday night and beating Stoke on Monday night is, is very, very important. I'd say it's probably bigger than the Southampton game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we, I, th- I, think we st- I think we will stay up, but it's not quite a foregone conclusion just yet. Do, do you think 34, 35, 36 points could keep a team up this season? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't see... Um, I can't see Stoke picking up many points between now, now and in the season. Or uh, I mean, Sam Hampson's running is awful. It's worse than ours. Yeah. Um, but I think Stoke. I was looking at their running um, earlier on today. I think Stoke. Stoke's last two games are against Swansea um, and another team down there. I think Southampton. But uh, I'm not 100 percent on that. I mean, I mean, if it is Swansea and Southampton, then those two games for Stoke are massive, yeah. and for the other two teams as well. Um, so ideally, we need to make sure that we we're out of it by then. Otherwise, that could drag us straight back in, straight back into it. But I think, yeah, it's going to take. It's, it may even be a record a record low points total to keep the team up. I think West Brom hold that at thirty four points. Um, it might not even take that this year. So it's going to be interesting. Definitely, it's just a shame that we're involved. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would be nicer to be up in the mid table, looking back and watching all the drama unfold. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but like you said, I don't think I, don't, I certainly don't think forty points is needed this season. But um, then again, in, in true West Ham style, anything anything could happen from now on. Um, David Moyes is has been divided in opinion. Um, as I mentioned earlier, people are still not happy with a, a point at Chelsea, which um, which make, gives David Moyes a little bit of an impossible uh, job to do in Mars if fans aren't going to be happy with points away at Chelsea, but. But um, I know that you're a supporter of Moyes. Um, do you think that, given the likes of the young players at the club, Declan Rice, Marcus Brown scored four goals for um, uh, the mm. under-23s on Monday night, there's an opportunity for David Moyes, if he keeps West Ham up this season, to really kind of do what he did at Everton in terms of bringing some great young players back, perhaps bringing the Academy of Football reputation back to West Ham? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, David Moyes has got a reputation, as, as you say, of bringing bringing through young players, and he's already done that. He really, I know Slavin Bellic can be credited with Declan Rice, but I think Declan Rice is playing, is enjoying the best part of his season under Moyes. Um, I know it's only a breakthrough season, but he's been very, very impressive, particularly over the last five to ten games. Um, if you if you want a a manager in charge that's willing to give young players a chance, then we've already got one in charge. So, yeah. um, and I'd be I'd be confident that he he would then look to bring in next season 
the likes of Marcus Brown. I think he's, he's done more than enough to earn his chance in the first team. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I, Tony Martinez, I know he got a go in the FA Cup. We didn't really see much of him, but maybe he gets a go next season. Um, but I think Declan Rice is now the benchmark for the rest of the academy to really look up and go, you know, I want to, I, I, you know, this could be the opportunity for me to really impress the manager and get to where Declan Rice is. I'm, I, I believe that Declan Rice could be, could be the, the man that sparks the revival of our academy. Yeah. Um, because we haven't had a player come through the academy and really, really be successful in the first team, probably since Noble, Collison and Tompkins. Um, we've had the likes of Stanislas and, and, and the like, but they've all been sold on. Um, Mark Noble's obviously the standout one, but we've not had anyone really to be, to be 100% proud of since, since those guys. Yeah. Um, I know Josh Cunn's get starting to get some minutes as well in the Premier League. So he's another one that we should see a little more of next season. So if, if the fans are, fans want young, young players to be coming for the academy, young homegrown talent, then David Moyes is going to be the man to give them that. Yeah. Um, and he'll be given the remit to do that as it's what the club so part of the club's history is the academy. So that should be part of any manager's remit to do that. For some reason that has a case of Valadars and Billich. It was it was as if they were um they, they may have been told not to or they weren't too keen on it or, or just the fact that we hadn't had the talent talent there to, to be used. But it's clear we have now, so um I think Morris is the man for that. Yeah. And um, obviously, which which West Ham fan would want that? Because it's it's kind of the identity of the club a little bit. Reece Oxford is is perhaps a little bit of a forgotten man in all of this. I think I I, I certainly believe that it could be the end of the road with Reece Oxford and West Ham in the summer. Do you, do you think so? It does look like look that way. I mean, there obviously all that all that hype about him, and I I don't know whether it's his attitude off the pitch. Yeah. Seems to be. I mean, I don't know him personally, so I, I don't want to make assumptions um, of his character. But it does seem that way. Sort of looking from the outside in, that perhaps his head head's not right. His his, his attitude's not not quite there um, to be to to warrant a regular place in the first team. Um, and if that's the case, then then get some money for him in the summer and let him stay in Germany. We're having a great time in Germany at the moment. So. Yeah. Um, go to more brush and glad bank and say, look, all right, you know, give us fifteen, twenty million, and he's yours. But I don't think they've got that kind of money. But um, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see him come back and, and be a West Ham regular. But I can't see it happening. Um, I just don't think his head's right. And I think a lot of that can, can be put down to all that hype when he was sixteen. Um, all, everything in the papers, Man United won him, Arsenal won him, Tottenham won him. Yeah. And um, I think as a 16-year-old, doesn't matter how how grounded you are, that's gonna that's gonna get to you, and that's gonna make, you know that's gonna really make make you think better than probably what you are. Yeah. Um, and he's now got a bit of a big head and thinks he he should be playing regularly in the Premier League. When perhaps he he was really never not good enough to play regularly in the Premier League. Um, only time will tell on that one, man. Yeah. No. Just looking ahead a bit with um, Moises West Ham. Um, I've heard you mention quite a few times stability and I, I agree with you that is the thing we're standing going forward um, but it almost seems like perhaps this phrase but West Ham in terms of, of managers may have taken a step forward and a step backwards because obviously Sam Allardyce did deliver stability and there was I heard an interesting comment that West Ham should have perhaps stuck with Sam Allardyce because Although he wasn't popular, he was gradually improving and he was looking to build um, a, a team that could perhaps 
go to that that um that much used next level phrase it's certainly if you look at the the first half of the 2014-15-16 where West Ham were fourth do you, do you feel going back to then that half season was a bit of a fluke or do you think that slowly but surely Sam Allardyce was transforming um West Ham into um well to that next level himself I don't, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I don't. I don't know whether he's whether he was the right man to take us into that so-called next level. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. He, he he did such a brilliant job at stabilising the club, bringing us back up at the first time of asking, and, and then stabilise us in the mid-table of the Premier League. We had that, as you said, we had that great season where we were in the top four um, for the first half of the season, but that fell away very very quickly. And that was that was because of. I mean, a lot of that was down to. Um, him not being offered offered a new deal in the of his contract, he kind of he must have known. Well, you know, my time's up here. I kept the club up again. Um, and I, I think I think at the time it was it was probably it was the right decision to get rid of him because the club were heading into the final year at the bowling ground. Um, some would argue that uh, some would argue that you know. The club gambled a little bit by changing manager at that moment, given that the final year at the bowling ground, you know, you can't afford to be in a relegation battle because you know it was meant to be a celebratory season, and luckily Billich came in and did that. Yeah, um, he gave us he gave us that really fantastic season that 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 um, that, that season deserved. Um, but then that will soon fell apart again. Um, so we kind of need a another manager like Sam Allardyce to come in and. Just stabilise the club a little bit. We can't, we can't be in that big stadium and be battling relegation every season. Um, I'm not saying we should get um, Allardyce back because I don't think he's the right man for the for the job anymore. We need, we need if if we're going to change, move away from Moyes, there needs to be a young manager. I think. Yeah, um, perhaps of the like of um, Lee Johnson, uh, perhaps the um, the Lincoln City manager Danny Cowley. Perhaps he's, he's a little bit too. Um, too new to that kind of level, but do you think it is it's that that kind of manager maybe from the lower leagues that West Ham should be looking at if um, it's looking increasingly unlikely? But if Moyes isn't at the club beyond the end of this season, I think that would be too much of a gamble from the club to go to go that way to go to that low down and, and pluck a young manager from that low down in the leagues. Hmm. Um, I mean, if if they're going to take anyone from the league outside the Premier League but in England then I'd, I'd look towards the Championship um, I wouldn't look any lower than that um, because the the, the, sh- the complete level from the Premier League to League 1 and League 2 for instance is mental yeah. um, and uh, it's just like the the, char- the players the, the size like the, just like the profile of the players is completely different so they have a lot more expectations different personalities because they're these Premier League superstars you know they, they expect more can a lower league manager jump straight from there to there and then be able to deal with some big egos? Mm. Um, can, it, can they? Can he manage at that level? You know, they, they need to be tried and tested a little bit higher before, in my in my eyes before they can take a Premier League job. But then I might be wrong. But I mean, looking at the looking at the championships, there's some fantastic young managers there like Fulham Fulham Sky. Um, you kind of you He looks really impressive. I mean, Fulham have been superb this season. Yeah. Um, and if they don't go up, then he might be a guy to look at if if, if Westland decide to um, let Moyes go. But in, in my eyes, mate, I think I think the club would be silly to um, they'd be silly to let Moyes go mm-hmm. because, as I said before, we need we need stability. We can't afford to change a manager 
and then the same thing happen again next season. We need to start looking up. And if that means a couple of, of three three years sitting in mid table on the Moyers, um, with you know not not the best attractive style of football, but um, but solid, um, safe, give a couple of youngsters a go, bring in a couple of decent signings, um, and then once we're once we're in that we've been in that stadium for four or five years and we're comfortably in the Premier League, then you make the change. Yeah. Then you go for your, then you gamble with a with a big manager. Um, but we can't afford to make uh, in my eyes we can't afford to gamble this summer I think Moyes has come in he's been in the job for six months he's done he's done a very good job with what technically really isn't his team no. um, he wasn't really backed in January I know he got two players in one of them was was whole accounts one just appeased the fans on deadline day and the other one looks to have been a quite a shrewd signing in Joe Mario but he's going to be too expensive to bring to bring in full, um, for what on a full time yeah. contract for what he is so um, he's still really like Moyes is still working with an injury ravaged Slavin Bilic team Slavin Bilic was struggling with him with, with that team so he needs David Moyes needs to be given a contract two or three year deal some money in, in the transfer windows go right okay do you do you know you've earned this go and do it and I think that's when we'll start to see a bit, see a bit more stability yeah it's, it sounds like a plan James <laughs> and um <laughs> I wish uh, I was the one making the decisions. No, but in in true West Ham style, um, I, I, I don't believe it, it's all going to go so, so swimmingly. But <laughs> you never know. No. Nah. Um, one one player that did play under um, Allardyce at West Ham was, and we we was talking about him off air a little bit. Was Carlton Cole. He he recently retired, and um, the there it kind of sparked a few debates on um, social media between West Ham fans, and that that whole uh, what constitutes a, a legend kind of debate came back in I've got a bit of a soft spot for um, Carlton Cole maybe I'll, I'll mention why a little bit later but for you is Carlton Cole a, a West Ham club legend? Yes mm-hmm. um, I love the man I absolutely adore him uh, and you know let's say it right I mean back in the, the 60s, 70s, 80s when West Ham were winning trophies and we were, you know, we were playing attractive football Pistons were born then because they were helping the team win trophies yeah. Um, we haven't won a trophy since 1980, so we can't have club legends. Um, and one man's legend is another man's cult hero. So, I mean, it's all about opinion, really. In my eyes, Carlton Cole is a legend, um, a West Ham legend. You know, he was around the club, he had two spells at the club, he ran a couple of very long time. He wasn't the most prolific goal scorer. He wasn't the greatest goal scorer that's ever graced, graced the Clarence Blue. Um, but what he lacked in his goal scoring ability, he made up with passion and love for the football club. And I think that for a club like West Ham and us and us fans that um, that cherish that sort of that commitment from a footballer from a, from a player that plays for West Ham, I think that's priceless. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I mean he only scored was it forty nine goals for West Ham or something crazy like that in, you know, in like two. Yeah. But then. Yeah, and it was like 300 appearances. So, I mean, the stats stats aren't that um, for him, but that doesn't mean to say he can't be a legend because he scored some very important goals for us as well, the playoff final being one of them. Um, you know, he's, he scored that brace against Man United in the 4 0 win in the League Cup. Um, you know, like, I could go on forever. I mean, some of his goals were really comical. <laughs> I remember him. I remember him. I remember him running. Uh, when we, I think, we beat Burnley at home, and he was one on one with the keeper. Uh, that, he managed to, that's a cut, wasn't it? He managed to 
Yeah, and he managed to fall over the ball, <laughs> fall into the goalkeeper, and still managed to score. Yeah. Um, but then he's, he used to he used to really be rub, like be rubbish at one on ones. We had time to think about it. Like you knew he was going to miss. Yeah. But then if he didn't have time to think about it, he'd score. Like the amount of times I saw him score when he was like back to goal, spin and shoot. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was superb. So. Yeah, I think he is a West Ham legend, and I hope um, it does seem as though he, the club have um, offered him some sort of job. Um, he was on the club Snapchat the other week, yeah. the other day. Wasn't he? Did a little takeover, didn't he? Uh, did a little takeover, and it, it does seem as if he's going to be in and around the club in some sort of capacity. And I think that's brilliant because um, he, uh, if you speak to him, he absolutely he loves West Ham. Yeah. Um, and what more could you ask for from a footballer, from a, from a player? Yeah. Absolutely, it's great to see him around the club nowadays. But I always loved Carl as a player um, for all those reasons. But there's also another reason that I had such soft spot for Carl, and it's actually quite a strange anecdote. So I hope I won't. I hope I won't bore you with this, James. But <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. Um, so it was. It was May 2015. At the end of that um, aforementioned 14-15 season. So I went on holiday to America. This was in, in May, as I've mentioned. So it was kind of the end of the season. It was two weeks we were there. On the second weekend, we watched um, Newcastle against West Ham, which was the, the last day of the season. Carlton Cole's last game for West Ham, he played um, in that game. So that game was on the Sunday. On the Tuesday, um, we just we was in a resort in Florida. And we just went um, for breakfast one morning and... Um, like in in our family, we always had a joke. Like if we saw someone who looked like a West Ham player, um, about we'd go, oh look, there's Scott Parker, or oh look, there's you know whoever. But um, so yeah. we're just sitting there eating breakfast, and my brother just goes, um, well, I I was kind of sitting with my back to the entrance, and um, you, you can probably you can probably guess the, the way the story's going. But my um my dad and my brother were sat opposite me, so they could see the entrance, and um. They, my brother just went, oh, look, it's Carlton Cole. And, and my dad started laughing. And then he, he looked and then I literally just saw him almost go white. And I turned around and lo and behold, two days after a West Ham game in Florida, Carlton Cole is standing there. <laughs> there he was. It was it was unbelievable. And and um, he said, oh, we went over, over to him, obviously, straight away. And he said, um, we mentioned we were West Ham fans, seemed it old. And he said, he said, fancy seeing you guys here. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. That's um. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he, that's a good thing. It's a good story because he's a lovely bloke. I mean, you yeah, can go up to him yeah. and have a chat with him. And he he once asked my my brother my brother walked past him in the street and he had um like a, a hat on, like a snapback hat on. Yeah. And um, Carl and Carl walked past him and stopped him and said, oh, "Mate, where'd you get your hat from?" <laughs> so my brother told him, and then about because he used to live sort of near where we live. Yeah. Um, and about two weeks later, my brother was walking down the same road and walked past Cotton Cole again, and Cotton Cole had the same out on that he had. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, yeah, what a legend. I love him. I want to have a bad word said about him. Yeah, no, no. absolutely. Um, but it's funny, isn't it, when you when you meet your um, your idols and you, and you find out that they're just normal blokes. And, yeah, um, that's it. it. It was it was very much like that with Cole again. But but anyway, back to the um, the, the the now really. Looking ahead to the um, summer transfer window for West Ham, for me, and I don't know whether this is because um, we, we've got Moyes in charge, the the targets that um, we've been linked to at the moment, are, they're refreshing for me because usually this is the time in the season where West Ham get linked with 
oh god, I don't know, um, Carlos Backer or some some thirty odd striker who used to play for a massive team doesn't anymore. But now it seems like there's a lot of young players being linked, and you you made the point on the radio show that West Ham actually had a lot of success buying younger players from the lower leagues, the likes of um. Byron Cresswell, Antonio in recent years, and and it does seem West Ham being linked with the likes of Madison of, of Norwich City and um and Kearney and a few other Fulham players as well. Um, do you think that's refreshing to see? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's clubs in the Premier League that have proven that if you if you if you're willing to take a step into the Championship and have a look at the players down there, there's some fantastic players down there, and he won as well. The players down there, there's some. I mean, look at Tottenham with Deli Alley. Yeah. You know, they got him from how much they pay for him? Like six, six, seven million quid from MK Dons. Yeah, unbelievable. And look at him now, he's worth over 100 million quid, 150 million quid, and he's one of the best players in the Premier League. Yeah. So there's a lot of clubs that are quite, I don't know whether it's ignorance or whether it's just, you know, they, they want to be seen to be buying the best players across Europe. Um, but there's a lot of clubs out there that, that kind of refuse to look, look down there. And I, I think it's refreshing that West Ham appear to be doing that. And the their recent transfer, history and gone well some of the best players that he bought in the last four or five years have all come from the championship yeah. I know Byron he, a, couple, a couple of injuries have really held, him, held his development back and you know I think I, I think had he not got those injuries he probably would have would be one of our, our first choice right back but look at Creswell you know look at Antonio um, you know there's and you know, you know Hugo might come good we don't know yet do we really so I, I like I like the fact that we've been linked with these players um, and I'd like to see a sign two or three in the, in the summer. Yeah, of, of those young players, um, there's quite a few of them play for Fulham. Who, which um, one or two, or two or three, would you like to see um, West Ham bring in the most? Well, I mean, Fulham's a brilliant side, aren't they? But yeah. um, I think I mean, it does seem as though like Ryan Fredericks it could, could be coming come, coming to the club on a free. Um, I suppose it all depends on whether Fulham go up or not. If they don't, then we might have sort of a um, free pickings on whoever we want because a lot of them are going to want to leave you know, it's as if they're outgrowing the club but Ryan Fredericks is one I think he's been one of the best right backs in the in the championship this season um, deserves a step up yeah. uh, Tom Cairn is an obvious one would he be a little bit too pricey I don't know I think there's rumours that Fulham want 20, 20 million for him 25 million uh, would the club be willing to break a trans- their transfer the club transfer record for a championship player I don't know. It would be interesting to see if they if they think he's good enough for, for that kind of fee. Um, but the keeper looks good as well. Is it Bettinelli? I, I quite like their yeah. keeper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, the stat. I mean, I, I read a stat last week before they played at the weekend that he he played twenty twenty four twenty two or twenty four games, and he'd only conceded fourteen goals, and he'd kept like twelve clean sheets or something crazy like that. Um, which is mental, and obviously you need a good defensive front you to for a goalkeeper to record some good good stats. But that's really impressive for a goalkeeper, particularly at that level. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then I suppose you have got Mitrovic, who, who we have been linked with. I know it's not Fulham's player; it's Newcastle's player. But by all accounts, he'd be leaving Newcastle in the summer. You know. Yeah. Again, she going for him. He's a bit of a hot head, but um, that's um, that kind of suits West Ham a little bit, doesn't it? If you look at some of the past players like Arnautovic now. Um, yeah. I mean, if, you, I if you're going to bring in a hothead, then you need a manager to, to who knows how to handle someone like that. And by all accounts, with, uh, where Arnautovic is concerned, David Morris is getting the best out of him. So, uh, Stamon Bilic clearly can get the best out of him. But Moyes has come in and, and look what he's done to a player that 
I, for one, would be worried that he wouldn't be able, wouldn't be around for much longer because he'd just be, you know, be like Balotelli like. Yeah. But he's he, he's not because Moyes Moyes knows how to manage a player like that. So again, if you're going to go for a player like Mitrovic, then again, Moyes seems like the, the best man for the job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Kearney, of course, uh, precariously uh, popped up, basically in the West Ham dugout at Stamford Bridge. Um, on Sunday, yeah. which um, is uh, is good signs, really. Just just finally, um, that you mentioned how important that game is, perhaps even more important than Southampton against Stoke City on on Monday night. There's a there's a hell of a lot riding on that game in terms of it's it's actually very similar to the Southampton game in terms of it will be Arnautovic back against Stoke, like it was Arnautovic back against. There's plenty of storylines to follow, um, isn't there? Do, do you think that? Um, the, with the way with the results that Stoke are having, the, the way that they're they're um, ebbing ever closer to relegation, it'll be it'll be um, well, no game's easy. But um, what do you think? It'll be. I I don't think it'll be straightforward to Southampton, and like they'd already lost that new manager bounce with with Hughes, hadn't they? Because they'd yeah. so long between fixtures. Yeah. But whereas you know you've got you've got Paul Lambert, Stoke, um, bowl accounts there. You know they kind of lost quite a few games recently, but. With every game, their their performance levels are improving. Um, so Stoke, aren't, I don't think Stoke can be any pushovers. Um, I mean, Tottenham had, had you know had a bit of trouble beating them the other day. Yeah. So there's no there's no reason to suggest that Stoke are going to turn up and then we're going to turn up. They're doing it at Southampton and we're going to beat them three or four nil, and it's going to be brilliant. Um, I think it's going to be a completely different game. Um, Paul Lambert will have them well drilled. Um, and it, it, they're going to be they're going to come and they're going to want to try and get a point and they because they can't afford to lose that game so they're going to be a lot more organised I think than Southampton and that's why I think it's a bigger game because it's going to be a tougher game um, it's going to be very very difficult um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we could only we, we only edge it out 1-0 to it for a late goal it's going to be I think it's going to be one of those games yeah score prediction um, uh, yeah I'm rubbish at these <laughs> um well, I did get the Chelsea one right on the radio show. I did say one all. Oh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one nil. I'm gonna say one nil West Ham. Uh, it's got to be on out of it to score goal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just finally, as as Chris Arman always says to you on the Deep Line podcast, if the listeners wanna wanna find you on Twitter, read something um, that you've written, listen to, perhaps where can they um, where can they find you? You can get me on um, on Twitter. By James Jones, by James Jones. Um, keep an eye on West Ham World. UK over the coming months is going to be up and running with a lot, a lot of new writers um, and a lot more content going into the summer and then next season. Um, and also check out footballfancast.com, which is my day job. Um, lots of Premier League content on there. Lots of really good West Ham articles as well. Got a really good article up today on Arthur Matsuaku. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on again, James. It's been um, brilliant chatting to you this evening. It's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for listening to the more than just club.com podcast. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Goodbye. 